Hey, dear ones, did you know that you have a built-in compass guiding you to your soul mission with all the tools you need to fulfill that soul mission? Sound exciting? Then join me for a Soul Blueprint, the only certification program that reveals how to amplify your five spiritual gifts so you can consciously create a life and business of massive soul line success. Enroll now at allisonscammell.com forward slash soul blueprint. And you can find that link in the show notes. Hey there, this is Allison Scammell talking to you today about an absolutely fascinating topic, the consciousness and the energy of money. My incredible guest, Sarah McCrum, will be exploring how when we change a relationship with money, we change our relationship with life. Sarah ends our chat with a rich challenge on money that will support your deepest creativity and well-being. So please stick with us until the end. Welcome to She Grows, a podcast for soul-guided women entrepreneurs ready to grow their income, impact, and inspiration. Each week, we're going to explore how to align to the soul of your business and grow it from there. I'm your host, Allison Scammell. Let's get growing. Hey there, She Grows Nation. That is the name of this sisterhood of soul-guided entrepreneurs. At She Grows Nation, our heart is CEO, and we're producing wealth inspired by our soul's yearnings and in service to the planet. Today, I had the pleasure to chat with Sarah McCrum about a topic that affects all of us all the time, and especially entrepreneurs, and that topic is money, but we're going to be looking at it a little bit differently today. Sarah McCrum is the author of the book, Love Money, Money Loves You, and she teaches business owners how to transform their relationship with money. She trained for 22 years with the Chinese Energy Masters and has spent 20 years coaching business owners and leaders in Australia, UK, USA, and beyond. And may you receive as much from this interview as I did. Please enjoy. Sarah, thank you so much for making the time to be on the show today. I am like crazy excited to explore this topic with you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to whatever we're going to explore together. Oh my gosh. I had this realization recently that the people who I interview on my podcast are always sharing information I need in this moment. So I know that whatever you're going to share today, um, not only will the listeners just benefit from it greatly, I know there's some nuggets in here that I am really needing in this very moment. So I'm excited to uh, receive those nuggets. So let's start out with your journey to because we're talking about the consciousness of money, which is just beyond fascinating. So please tell us about your journey to seeing and understanding that money indeed has consciousness, and how did that change things in your life? Well, I definitely wasn't somebody who started out on a journey of exploring money. Um, so it happened really by surprise, as much to me as to anybody else, I think. I had been training for quite a long time with Chinese masters. So I was very much into energy. Um, and 
uh, I, ha- I was director of a business in London that failed uh, back in 2010 to, uh, as a result of the recession. And it was an extremely difficult time in my life. It was also very, very difficult financially because once the business failed, we had literally no income at all. We had no reserves. I, I couldn't afford to pay for the apartment that I was living in, literally. So it was uh, probably my financial low of my whole life. And I was given a little book called How to Become a Money Magnet, and it had exercises at the end of the chapters. And one of the exercises said, what does money want to say to you? And I was writing in a little notebook, and my pen just took over the answer. It started writing for itself. And the first words that I saw come out were, I would like to tell you to love me. And that was totally surprising to me, like for money to talk about love. Mm. Um, and it went on and I wrote for about two pages really fluently and I was just watching words coming out of the end of my pen that weren't my own and it said the most extraordinary and beautiful things it it was saying just take me I'm, I'm here for you I'm here to serve your creativity I'm here to serve human beings and you're all too afraid of me you're too rigid and, you know, you can do whatever you want with me. It was giving this extraordinary permission to us to trust money and to love money and to understand that it's an energy and that it's not a neutral energy, which what, what so many people think. It's actually a very beautiful, generous energy, a very positive and benign presence in our life. And frankly, that was just something that had never occurred to me. I, I had I'd never come across anything like it. I'd never read anything like it. And so I went on. I, the next day, I thought, well, maybe I'll have another go and see if money has something else to say to me. And I did that every day for a few months and ended up with over 60 messages from money, literally from the energy of money, talking about what money really is and how we've misunderstood it and how we can approach it and how we can make a much simpler relationship with it and just revealing how this whole system works behind what we see as money. So it's like a a, a view into the energy of money and the working of that that operates behind all of our financial systems. And, And that's how I got started. This is so fascinating. So it sounds like your journey to understanding money in this way came from money like as the teachers (laughs) came from this energy it it was literally like they were teaching me and honestly when I finished writing the book I I I had all the knowledge there the words but like everything in life having the words knowledge isn't the real thing the real thing is doing it and I had to go on the same journey as everybody else does in terms of learning how to relate with this energy the way it was because I was programmed like all of us to have all kinds of weird beliefs about money that are very different from what was shown in my book so uh, a lot of my work for the last especially the last seven years or so has been unpacking that and discovering how to do it for myself wow and I'm here to serve your creativity. That is so powerful. And what a beautiful message, um, especially for the you know, soul-guided entrepreneurs out there who, I think in particular, we have sort of a complicated relationship to money because we kind of feel like a lot of my clients feel like we shouldn't be driven by money, but yet we want to serve more and we want to pay our rent. And so it gets sort of complicated. And I think this 
just this statement alone is really shifting. I'm here to serve your creativity and how you can approach it. Yes, I actually find a lot of people um, have that very complicated relationship with money and especially people who see themselves in service because there are such strong messages in our society that money will corrupt you. And of course, it does really appear to do that. You know, many people who are around a lot of money do um, perhaps corrupt themselves um, or that it's evil or that good people the good people, the the paragons of society, the best people are monks with begging bowls and people who meditate for 30 years in man, on mountaintops with no money at all and people who have no attachment to the material world and people who, you know, rich people are not going to get into heaven and all of that. There are so many stereotypes from both East and West that mm-hmm. I'm really not surprised that it is so difficult for people who do that kind of healing and spiritual work and service work to ask for money because there's such a conflict apparently between them. Yes. Yes. So I want to understand this a little better. You've said that money is interwoven through every moment of our lives and connects all of us in an invisible web of exchange. That is so fascinating. Can you tell us more about this invisible web of exchange? Well, first, let's see how how money touches us all the time. I I started to realize I thought money was like, okay, I deal with money when I buy something or when I transact in some way. But actually, when I get when I'm even lying in bed in the morning, I'm lying in a bed that has been bought by somebody, me or somebody with sheets and with everything else. And to get out of bed, I stand on in I'm in a house and I put shoes on like I can't even go out into the wilderness in nature without money being involved at some level. So money is everywhere. And what I came to realize is that the energy that lies behind what we think of as money, like coins and notes and bank accounts and contracts and um, transactions and negotiations and all of that stuff, the energy that lies behind that is actually really the energy of manifestation or materialization. So it's the energy that responds to us when we say, I want something or I would love to experience something. It's the energy that goes into action in response to natural human desires. And so therefore, it is literally uh, kind of operating behind the scenes all the time, responding to our thoughts and feelings about life and our conscious and, and unconscious wishes. And it's kind of materializing our life around us based on our energy and what's going on inside us. So it really is like a a web or a system that connects every bit of everything um, to everything else because it is the system through which materialization and manifestation actually happen. That's a bit of a kind of grand explanation of it. But in a way, it's very simple because what I found is most of the time, it's pretty much as simple as saying, I would love this or please fix this for me. And it's quite remarkable how it responds. So can you give us an example, maybe from even your life, of how you woke up one morning and said, I would love this, and how how this inter and this invisible web of exchange kicks into gear? I'll give you a couple of examples that are very similar um, and slightly different situation. One was when I just moved to Australia and we had very little money. Things were incredibly tight. And we'd bought the wrong fridge. It was too noisy and I couldn't record audios in the same room as it. So we were trying to sell it and we had to sell it quickly. 
Um, and I remember being really desperate because I needed the cash for something. And I sat down on my chair and I connected with money. And at first I was all nervous and afraid, but I just sat there and I connected and connected. I kind of like connected with the energy of money until I felt really, really good. And while I was sitting there, this guy called me. Um, I'd put it on um, Gumtree, which is, uh, a, they don't, we don't have that everywhere in the world, but in some countries, it's just a, you know, like local ads kind of website. And um, this guy calls me and he said, I, I'm, I'm interested in your fridge. Is it, is it all right if I bring you cash? I'm going to bring you $300 and $300 was what I needed. Now, that could happen anyway, but I've been on Gumtree a lot and no one has ever, ever indicated that they're really interested in buying. You know, they normally come like really nervously. I'm just mm -hmm. checking it out and I want to negotiate yeah. the price. Definitely. And he just literally, he walked in, gave me the cash, took the fridge and was gone. And another time, some years later, I looked in my bank account. It was like, oh, I, I, I'd been, I'd got way past the stage where I couldn't pay my rent. But for the first time, I just moved into a more expensive house. And I actually thought, oh, my goodness, I'm not sure that there's enough here to pay the rent. And I knew it was going to come in in a few days because I, I was making money by then. But it wasn't there right then. And I sat and I just said, please, money, sort this out for me. Because I didn't have any time. I was actually running a workshop and I didn't have time to sit down, call anybody or do anything. And within 15 minutes... One person had paid me twice what she had said she was going to pay me. It was legitimate. So it was you know, money that I needed. And something else came in as well, completely by surprise. It was so fast and so unexpected because we'd already arranged the schedule and the amount. And she, so she paid ahead of time and twice as much as I expected. And the whole problem was sorted there and then. And, you know, there are lots of stories like that, big stories and small stories. I've also had lots of failures, I will say, like I've, you know, sometimes I'm, I haven't got the right energy. I'm not in the right mood. And then mm -hmm. it doesn't quite work in the same way. Yeah. But I've seen so much that I just cannot deny that what's written in my book is true. Right, right. So tell us about that. Um, tell us about what happens, like why, what's going on with us when we're cut off from it and it's not these, uh, you know, air quotes failures. <laughs> um, what do you think is happening when it's, uh, when it's not, uh, you know, coming back to you in a way that's flowing and easeful? Usually there is, uh, something running inside you, like a voice, um, or a message that's running inside you saying something like, oh, this isn't going to work. Or, um, I haven't, one of the things I catch myself doing something is saying, oh, I haven't set things up properly yet. So money can't come in until I've done everything perfectly, which is complete nonsense. I don't have to be perfect for money to come in. Um, so our subconscious programs, our old beliefs, our old ideas, or our feelings about ourselves. Like if you feel really tense and nervous and constricted, you're not very open to receive the energy that brings the money. So all the way through the book, it's saying you need to relax. You need to relax. And then it says you need to enjoy. It says, I can't understand why you guys don't get it, that this is all about enjoyment. And it's talking, obviously, about love. So we tend to get tense about money, and we get more tense when we need it. And when we need it is exactly the time when we most need to relax and open up. Yeah, boy, I could see that. I can see mm. that. I see it in my my marriage, because I have actually a pretty 
decent relationship to money, I'd say. I've been in that place where you were, Sarah, where I literally, I just didn't have any money left at all. And I could have, in fairness, I could have asked money from my parents and they would have given it to me. But I grew up in the upper Midwest of the United States where you just don't do that. Like you, your financial independence is like branded in you. At least it was in my family at a very young age. So that, that like wasn't an option for me. And it was, I it was kind of at that end of the rope point in my life. And, and I was never, I didn't have that tension. I didn't have that fear. I just had that trust and knowing that the money was going to arrive. And, and like the next minute I was offered an incredibly lucrative job. Yeah. Uh, that paid me more money than I ever needed and 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 paid all my debts and got me within a year's time to a place where I was actually financially sitting very well. And my partner, on the other hand, has a different relationship and he gets very tense. And it's all the things that you just described and I can see it like showing up in his life. So um, how how do you handle... Uh, the people in your circle who might have a tense relationship to money? Like, is there a way to sort of maneuver that or overcome that other than like bumping them on the head and telling them to relax? (laughs) Well, that, yeah, and that doesn't usually work. I teach, and relaxation is absolutely core to everything I teach. And um, people comment a lot on the fact that they've never really relaxed before. So that's a fundamental part is learning to relax. It's actually practicing that every single day. Um, and it's the, the biggest thing is practicing it when you feel tense about money. So when everything in you is, is panicking or feeling anxious, those are the times when you have to say to yourself, no, I'm going to trust exactly as you described. I'm going to try trusting because this tension has never worked for me anyway. I'm feeling tense because I don't expect it to work. And that's clearly not working and never has. So it's time to try something else. So why don't I give trusting a go? Because I've got nothing to lose by trusting. The one thing about being tense is that I think most people realize when you pointed out that worrying doesn't bring money in. Mm. And we often behave as though if, if we worry, it will somehow solve problems. And it doesn't. It has exactly the opposite effect. Yes. So I think it's about doing the experiment, being willing to try it, being willing to fail, because, you know, I've tried trusting where I wasn't really trusting and I failed. But at a certain point, you'll get it. And it's like, oh, my goodness, that actually worked. And you'll notice the difference between what it's like to trust and it works and what it's like to fake trust when it doesn't work. And once you once you have a good experience, your body, your energy seeks out more good experiences. And so little by little, you kind of become attuned to having a good relationship with money rather than this very tense, closed relationship with it. Oh, I love that. And I love what you said about worrying. I have some worriers in my circle. And um, I often think that uh, the the worriers of the world, love you, love you worriers. Um, I think it's almost like they feel like they're taking action towards a problem if they're worrying. <laughs> it's like, you know, instead of just doing exactly what you're saying, and that's, the opposite of worrying, relaxing, and trusting. Well, so to, yes, and to spell well that said. out a bit. When, when, when you worry about something at, a, at the level of energy, you're actually sending that energy to that thing. So 
if you're worrying about something not working, you're sending the energy of that thing not working out into the universe, let's say. So worry literally has a counterproductive effect. It's, it is absolutely exactly the thing that it is a not a good idea to do. Yes. And I see it all the time with clients specifically worrying about my product or my program or my service is not going to sell. Yes. And I'm worried that it won't sell. So let's talk about that. What advice do you have for spiritual entrepreneurs who might have this complicated relationship to money and are worried about selling their products and services? How can they start to shift, make their shifts, shift the boat a little bit, turn the boat to change their relationship to money? Well, I find um, even sometimes I read the first chapter of my book to people or, um, you know, they expose themselves a little bit to this different notion about money, this completely different um, idea of what it is. And that creates a kind of break. It interrupts the habitual thinking patterns that we have. So I think it is really important to... Uh, find a way to break into what you've believed about money in the past, because otherwise you'll just go on believing the same thing. And the other thing I would say, and I'm sure you say the same thing, um, is that it's not just about sitting and having the right relationship with money. That's really important. And there's, there's a really good thing in having just very simply a good sales process, for example. So having a way to offer something to somebody that you feel incredibly comfortable with and that person feels incredibly comfortable with. Because if you can have a really great conversation with somebody who might be interested in your services and you look forward to that conversation and they come away from it, whether they buy or not, feeling really good, then you don't need to be afraid of that process of offering people something. Because most people are so afraid of asking for money or offering their services. And that turned things around for me a lot when I found a way simply to have that conversation, a sales conversation, essentially, in a way that felt really conscious, respectful, honest, open. And it felt like me and it allows allows the other person to be them. And there's no pushingness, there's no hype, there's no, there's just no selling going on. So I think the combination of actually looking at your relationship with money and then finding ways to do business that work with your values and your belief. So putting your relationship with money then into action in your business. And that's the challenging part because a lot of business formulae are not particularly respectful and, and are not particularly conscious. So I think that's where I've had to work a lot is developing ways of doing business that feel really great to me. Mm, I love that. That's so good. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, the having the, um, you know, I, I talk with my clients about, you know, law of attraction and intending outcomes. And I always say, you know, and, and, and a lot of the processes I take my clients through, I call like soul guided visioning, where you get a vision kind of coming from your soul, a higher vision of where you want to grow to in the future and how you can align to that vision. And always along with that sort of, you know, fifth dimensional (laughs) spiritual (laughs) practice, I always say, how do you complement that with proper systems? You know, in a way it's like getting your brain on board that, you know, you've got 
ways to connect to people and, um, you know, ways for your products and services to flow. And so I really love how you said that. And I think it's so important. So getting to this idea of, uh, understanding our story, you know, our story with money. Let's say that um, I identify, you know, thinking from my own experience, it's funny that I do have a good relationship to money considering I grew up on a family farm and we almost went bankrupt in the 80s, like all family farms in the United States. And so I was sort of, and, and so my parents like shield, they shielded us from this story that we could lose the farm, but it was very, um, it was like, um, I can't even put into words what it meant to, especially my father, like it was his life, his absolute life. Um, so, um, I'm just trying to think like if I have a story from that and I'm going to ask you what to do with my story, I guess what maybe a story that I took from that is, um, you know, I could lose it all. I could lose it all. And I guess that's something that would create tension. So what would you say to me if I had, the, if I came to this story, that if came to you and said, oh, Sarah, I'm feeling tense about my business because, you know, I really could lose it all. I could go bankrupt. What would you say to me? <laughs> I think I would probably say, yes, you could. <laughs> right? Okay. Because that's true, actually. And I I think we often tie up a lot of energy in being afraid of something that is really true. You could go bankrupt. Um, mm. You could lose it all. Um, and if you just admit that, that actually takes a lot of the tension out of it. Instead of being afraid of it, just admit it. That's one thing that's really useful to do. Um, and then um, you can look at, like, we, we all can lose it all. Funnily enough, somebody said to me today, she, we were having a conversation about exactly this topic, which is not a topic I talk about all the time. So it's interesting that it came up on the same day. And she said, you know what? When we die, we lose it all anyway. So perhaps it doesn't really matter that you could lose it all. Uh, it, it's actually a fact of life. You could lose just about anything in life. That's honestly not the thing to focus on like for me what's interesting to focus on is what am I creating with what I have around me so mm. rather than what could I create if I had the perfect circumstances the life that I have right now the environment the people they're my they're my tools if you like so what am I creating what's the painting or what's the piece of music of my life that I'm making with all these things, the resources that I have around me. And then it takes you out of the, both out of the living in the fear, which is just not going to help you. And it also takes you out of that kind of fantasy world where you start to create scenarios that you don't connect with at all. Um, and you start to work with what you've got and let's, let's make a little bit more and let's, let's keep creating. And as you get better and better at creating, you can create better and better things. Mm. I love that. What am I creating with what I have around me? That is so empowering. Yeah, it's simple. It is simple. And I really do love that idea of I could lose it all. Yep. Sure the hell can. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. And that there's something very freeing about that. And it's okay. Yes. It's the same as a thing I get a lot um, is, oh, I don't feel I deserve money. And I say, mm -hmm. yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You don't deserve it. I don't think any of us deserves money. I don't think we deserve love either. 
I don't think it's about deserving. You don't deserve it. You can create it. You can do something. But if you walk around thinking you deserve it and you, you're somehow being deprived of it, you end up feeling like a victim and very, very disempowered. Whereas if you say, oh, I never deserved it in the first place, but I'm going to go out and create something really good with my life. And mm. who knows what you'll experience as a result. I love looking at it like that. I, that is, like you said, very empowering. And I love getting out of victim mode. Um, so <laughs> that is just not a perspective I've heard before. You don't deserve love. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but no, I love the how you just described that. That is, is super empowering. So let us um, have a couple more questions for you. Um, getting back to, I'm a big person of daily practices or practical tips. Do you have any daily practices or little practical tips that you could offer the uh, soul-guided entrepreneur who wants to? You've already offered several, but just if you can think of a few more to uh, get this love relationship with money flowing. So definitely um, making a habit of relaxing is really important. I've mentioned it before, but I mention it again because it's really the key to everything else. One of the things I've started doing, uh, which is a nice thing to do, I call it a thank you log. And um, I have actually a gold notebook. I, I, I bought this gold notebook in a shop when I was in America a few months ago, and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And then I had the idea of having a thank you log. And I have it by by my computer. And if something happens during the day that just feels like, oh, that was really cool, or that was exactly what I wanted, I I write it down in my thank you log. And it's surprising actually, how many things happen in a day that are exactly, it's like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very, very good to uh, notice that because it's so easy to go through life and just take things for granted and not notice just how much is being delivered to you constantly yes. by this energy of money. It's sometimes little things, but appreciating the little things grows. Yes. That is so powerful. Um, I did a whole podcast episode about wanting what you have and how you can <laughs> actively want the things you have. And that I love the idea of the thank you log, which can really, I think, help you get into that energy. That's so perfect. And I just like how you said the habit of relaxing. I wrote that down and circled it. What a good habit to get into. And I think that could just shift so many things in your life. Money and yes. a million other things. Yes. I think relaxation is one oh, of the Sarah. deepest practices of all, actually. That is just so beautiful. And um, this has just been a fascinating conversation. I've learned. I've received so much from this. I have a full page of notes here. I like to ask our interviewees, put you on the spot a little bit, um, at the end of the conversations, I like to ask you to leave our listeners with a challenge on this topic. I challenge you to consider the possibility that money really is an energy of love and to ask yourself what needs to change in your life if you really believe that. 
Mm. That's actually quite a big challenge. It sounds really easy in words, but it's a really big challenge to actually think that money really is love. Oh, that is an outstanding challenge. Thank you so much. Um, wow, Sarah, I'm just so grateful for you and the amazing work you're doing in the world. It's so important. You and I have a mutual friend in common <laughs> who connected <laughs> us. And I'm Gary Mulkin, who's just brilliant. And I'm really grateful to him for connecting us. Um, can you please tell the listeners how people can find you? Yes, my website is my name, Sarah McCrum, which is M-C-C-R-U-M dot com. Very easy to find me. Awesome. And we will also leave a link in the show notes to your book. So if you want to get a hands on Sarah's book, and it's titled The Consciousness of Money, yes? No, it's called Love Money, Money Loves You. Oh, sorry. Let's take that again. I'll get that correct. Uh, It's called, uh, can you say that again? Love Money, Money Loves You. Love money, love and money loves you. I love that. Sorry about that. That's okay. All right, taking that again. And we'll also leave a link in the show notes to Sarah's amazing book, Love Money, Money Loves You. So all of those links are in the show notes. And again, Sarah, super grateful for you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. And thank you very much too. That was just such an inspiring conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you're digging on this content like I hope you are, I would be super grateful if you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. And I have a question now for you. Are you ready to grow your business with both magic and predictability? Then head to my website right now, alisonscammell.com, to download my three free soul-guided meditations to get a clear vision of growth for six months' time and where to place your focus today to take you there. Again, that's alisonscammell.com, and you can find a link in the show notes. And as always, let's grow there together. Mm-hmm.